The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It will be six laps to go when they get the green flag. This has been an intense race. There are going to be some guys trying to race side by side through turns five and six. Green flag back in the air. They're bumping and banging and grinding, and one car's around. Coming out of turn number six. All of that contact between the two leaders is allowed. Watch it. Well, the 24 is spinning. The 24 is, oh, there's a multiple cars into the wall here. We got car, more cars coming in. William Byron is reporting that the curb came up. He hit the curb in the 24. Numerous cars are destroyed. Two laps to determine who will be the first ever to win on the road course at Indianapolis. And there's more calamity on the back straightaway. Huge jump right there. Once again, hard on the gas. Across the yard of Bricks. Here's Briscoe to the outside, but he's going to be offline. No, Dan. Oh, Briscoe's in the grass. Briscoe will come back onto the grass, and now he will be side-by-side with Denny Hamlin. He leads him into seven. Briscoe right on his tail. We'll have to see how NASCAR is. Oh, stop and go for the 14 car. He is not racing for the win. Oh, he's got to spin Denny. Denny has spun out. That puts A.J. Allmendinger in the lead because Briscoe will have to serve a penalty. Another chapter written into the indie history books. A.J. Allmendinger will cross the yard of bricks. The winner. Let's go! Baby, we don't do it the easy way. And this is unbelievable. I, I, in my wildest dreams, could never imagine the way that just played out. Baby, I love you so much. Mom and Dad, all my friends and family, oh, my God. We just wanted Indy. Welcome to NASCAR America Motormouths. Nate Ryan here with Kyle Petty, Steve Letarte, and obviously a ton happened at Indianapolis <laughs> Motor Speedway on Sunday on the road course. You guys talked a lot about that on Monday. Yep. Anything left to say? I know we got a ton of phone calls. Hopefully we'll get a lot more callers calling in today to ask about it. I mean, what, what's left to say about India at this point? I don't know. I guess this is it. I have one. What, I've given it thought have? all week. I think on Monday I was still head spinning about the curbing and the finish. Yeah. And on Wednesday, I'm kind of past all that. Yeah. And I remember the other 90% of the weekend, um, and I'm excited to go back. I yeah. think there needs to be some improvements on some small tweaks here or there. Yes. Nothing worth discussing. Yes. But if I know Roger Penske and his group at IMS, Doug Bowles, they're going to make the improvements. And I think it's a track worthy of a cup race. That was yeah. really the question I wanted to see. Um, and that's what I saw. The fans yeah. came out, and I'm ready for another one. It's, it's kind of like you talk, we talked about the IndyCar race in, in Nashville. Um, great fan participation, great yeah. event, great views from the bridge, great this. Yeah, was the race everything we, you thought it was going to be? Not, probably not. And, but you go to Indy and you do the same checklist on the cup side, and it pretty much checks off until you get to the last six laps of the race. <laughs> you know what I mean? Until you get to that point. So it, it, I, I think it was, a, it was a change in the right direction. I would rather see them run the road course. Listen, honestly. why stop here? I think IndyCar should have been on Sunday with the cup. Oh, yeah. And I think the BC39 at the dirt race should be on Saturday with Xfinity. That'd be cool. That's my full tweak of the cool. weekend. Okay. Yeah, I would come in on it. Saturday, would, watch an Xfinity Series right. race, stay that night, watch the dirt race. You have all the racers there. Come out the next day. I don't care who goes first, yeah. flip a coin. You have either IndyCar or Cup. Have a little yeah. break. And so you could have the two Premier Series 
of motorsports in the U.S. on the same track, same day. That would be cool. That is a true doubleheader. Okay? Yeah, doubleheader. This same is one day. race on Saturday and one race on Sunday. It's not a doubleheader. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not a doubleheader. That's a home you know field I mean? stand in baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's not a, it's not a doubleheader. I don't know why we want to present it that way. Um, it's funny how NASCAR presents things that really might be, but could be, but really aren't, but we're going to call it that anyhow. Pass in the grass, <laughs> doubleheader. I mean, there's so many things that not we Not really have. a pass, not yeah. really a doubleheader. Yeah, not really a doubleheader. There header. was a pass in the grass, but that was at Riverside. Yeah, yeah that, that, was some, that was somewhere else. And to your point, Stevie, the, the extravaganza concept, I mean, I, oh, I, we, yeah. we talked about it on the podcast, it's, it's like a state fair of motorsports, yeah. and you've got the dirt track in the Indianapolis oh, yeah. Speedway this week running this Brian Clausen 39 tribute race Wednesday 30. They got... Chase Elliott, yeah, they got Kyle yeah, Larson. Yeah. I mean, if you move that as a kind of yeah. a warm up to Xfinity and then Cup IndyCar, I, all we lack is the yeah. Ferris wheel. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All we lack is a Ferris. I mean, really. Yeah. No, it, listen, it was. We can get one it, from <laughs> from the idea of uh, let's fight for everybody's entertainment money. Right. Let's go back to that. Right. So let's get all the people that love sports but they love racing yeah. to pick racing over other sports on a weekend in August. Yeah. Job well done. That's what they did, right? Whether you're from Indiana, whether you want to travel in, yeah. you know, it's a great town, it's a great facility. It, it gives you reason to spend money on gas or a plane ticket to come in to watch racing because you get more than one show. Yeah, I, listen, I think in this day and time um, of instant gratification, where everybody wants everything to be the greatest event ever, um, there's only one Indy 500. Sorry. There's only oh, one yeah. Daytona 500. There's only one Masters, okay? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, if we look at events, so why not try to build... An event where there's only one where we come in and you run the dirt race with Clawson. You run the Clawson. You, you run the Xfinity. You run a true doubleheader. Create an event. Create some excitement. Um, and, and fans would, man, I'd kill for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, man, you just go and you would be there the whole time. I'd be corn dogged and. and <laughs> Hey, listen, and Yacht Rock Radio out, was in man. town, too. That'd be crazy. No. There you go. Yeah. And, and you talked about it on Monday's show, Kyle, that you had IndyCar fans exposed to NASCAR. Yes. You had NASCAR fans perfect. exposed to IndyCar. If you bring Dirt fans in who are coming yes. for the DC 39 yeah. Brian Clawson tribute race yeah. and have them kind of get exposed. And again, they're yeah. watching Kyle Larson, Ryan Newman, Chase yeah. Elliott. There's great crossover potential. Well, I'm going to go one more. Maybe we kind of, as an industry, owe it to the drivers, too. Because they do their part, right? They fly all yeah. over and do all their races. So, like, why don't we be like, hey, cup guys, we're going to, if you want to run the dirt race, yeah. it's right here. You don't have yeah. to go anywhere. It's going to be right yeah. here. You don't have to run it, but you can run it, come over, have a yeah. beer, watch. We don't care. But it's like, my, my point is, it's not just the fan, maybe the industry, because for a long time, I loved my job in NASCAR. What I disliked probably the most is the schedule made it where I couldn't yeah. go absorb, I couldn't enjoy couldn't, anything yeah, else. You watch I never could go to the Rolex because it was right against Daytona. I could never go to Le Mans. Yeah. I could never go to some of these other things. So I know we can't change the schedules, but the more we condense them, I mean, it seemed to be some pure joy yeah. out of oh, these yeah. race car drivers. Like, people forget. Ryan Hunter Ray had his kids on the grid on Sunday. Yeah. And you take someone who has done so much in the IndyCar realm, for him to have the ability to deliver to his kids... Who, who think, oh, man, these yeah. NASCAR drivers are my hero. Yeah. I love them, right? Well, yeah. he knows them all, but what's he supposed to do? Come over on a Wednesday? Like, you could see him walking down pit road. Him and Denny stood together. I saw the, yeah. t- the post on social media. It was the delivery guys because they both have <laughs> yeah. FedEx and, yeah, that's and, right. and yeah, DHL. DHL, yeah. DHL yeah. right? Yeah. But Denny, here's Denny, and he's letting Ryan Hunter Ray's little boy sit on the door top and check out the yeah. – like, that, to me, is as important – as the fans, because happy drivers make good racing. Good racing makes happy fans. Like it all works together. Yeah, and it, listen, and it, and, and it works for the fans. I'm, I'm a fan. You know, Saturday I get to spend some time with Scott Dixon. 
and he's still in his driver's suit, and he just got out of the race car. Right. You know what I mean? You get to actually walk up and talk to a driver. Yeah. You know that you only see on TV, and not you just only the, driver, the, the Jimmy Johnson, Richard Petty, of, 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 of any champion. So it, yeah. it is so it's so cool to be able to do that. And and the fans that were there on Saturday Saturday appreciated that. There, yeah. there were a lot of fans uh, that were there. Not as many as I hoped would be there, but there were a yeah. lot of fans that were there that did appreciate it. So I think that was the seed planted of something that can blossom at Indy. Yeah, well, certainly an unprecedented crossover yes, experience. Sure. And speaking of crossovers, we have a little bit of that on today's show. We've got A.J. Allmendinger, B.J. McLeod, also Will Power will be joining us on NASCAR America Motor Mouths, all Collins. But right now we're going to go to the phones, talk to the fans, and of course we're going to start with NASCAR. NASCAR, welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouths. All right, this is the official invite. NASCAR is about 49 minutes away from Michigan International Speedway. You guys do a lot for me. I would love for you all to come see how we NASCAR in turn one. Anybody from Motormouth Nation that watches, come by. Let's kick back a couple engines. And uh, I got some stuff for Mr. Collinsworth, Kyle Petty, and Nate Ryan. But this is the invite, Mr. Latart. Come and see how we NASCAR at NASCAR Country. And Kyle... Newman shakes up the playoffs and wins for me at Michigan. You had me till right there. What do you say? <laughs> Newman wins at Michigan. Newman wins. Newman wins. I mean, Newman wins. Okay, we were he's a Newman guy. guy. He's a Newman guy. We were living in reality. <laughs> like going to turn one was a reality, and then we went to Newman. I can't. Listen, I guess that. listen, we'll make it to turn one before Newman makes it to victory lane in Indy. Okay, so I, that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, NASCAR. I love you, man. I love you, and it hurts me to say that. It, it pains me to say that. Um, but you know what? I, they. They went through a stretch. If you look at, at Roush and you see where yep. they're going with, with, with Brad Kay next year, and, and where, I think they've kind of turned the corner a little bit. Uh, I think Brad will bring a lot to the table. I, I really do. If nothing else, he'll bring that drive and that desire to win, and he's going to make you better. He's just going to be that chihuahua. He's just going to yap, yap, <laughs> yap, yap, yap until you do something, until you move. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I felt like there's been moments this year where you look at him and Busher and you think, man, they, they get it. They're, they're back in the game. They're back in the game, but they're not consistent. And that's, that's the one thing where Roush has to, to finally come back to is that consistency. Well, and I wonder what, what's going to be on board for Newman, right? We yeah. have yet to hear that. I heard some rumblings about perhaps like a partial schedule was an option yeah. right. at Roush Fenway. Um, it'll be interesting if he takes yeah. that. Or, you know, there's a lot of movement in the charter market. So with some of these smaller teams, even if it's not a full-fledgling yeah. deal, but if Ryan has some partners – that love to be associated with Ryan, and he wants to go well, try this new car at eight or ten tracks that he yeah. likes to drive at just to see what he feels. You know, he's a pretty methodical guy. I yeah. think he would like to give it a try to see how it drives. He would be a guy that you could start to fill up a schedule with if you didn't have a full-time driver. Ryan Newman would definitely be one that so, I would have zero heartburn of putting in for, you know, eight or ten races. Okay, so let me, let me, let me throw this at you because this is, I have pondered this question over the last month or so. Uh, and then with Colleague Racing winning at Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, are we entering a time with 36 charters where we will see teams, a.k.a. like the Wood Brothers used to be. Multiple drivers. That will sit at home yeah. and prepare for certain races and cherry, try to cherry pick those certain races. Try right. to put themselves in the best position. I'm not going to run 36 races. I'm just going to run 12. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to run Daytona. I'm going to run this. I'm going to run that. And I'm just going to And even though we know the purse structure and the way it is, it's better to be in the charter system, it's still... A fairly good living. Yeah. Uh, when you go and you win these big races, that can roll into something else. Well, if the market and money makes the bills get paid, yes. 37 are in this weekend. So if you and I had yeah. one in the backyard, we could take a car up there take and Take a car the up race. there, man. 
Yeah. That's it. I mean, I love the yeah. idea. And yeah. we did talk to Ryan Newman, by the way, uh, Sunday before qualifying. He says, candidly, he has nothing for next yeah. year. And frankly, didn't seem too worried about it because this is a guy yeah. who went through a near-death experience at oh, Daytona yeah. last year and yeah. has a new perspective on life. So I think we're still going to see yep. him in NASCAR next year, but we'll see in what regard. You mentioned college racing. Ryan Newman, a former Brickyard winner. We've got another former Brickyard winner, just one at the Brickyard Sunday. We've got A.J. Allmendinger joining us on NASCAR America Motor Miles next. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to NASCAR America Motor Mouths, where we are joined by the winner at Indianapolis Motor Speedway on Sunday, A.J. Allmendinger. A.J., I'm sure that sounds great to hear. Has it sunk in yet? Because it seemed like even an hour and a half after the race, when I saw you in the media center, you were, you were still processing what had just happened. Uh, Sunday night was, was cool. We... It was Matt Collig, Chris Rice, and I. We just sat in the bus lot and, and uh, talked about it. Maybe had some adult beverages, a lot of them, and uh, just, I mean, like it was, it was cool. Just like turning around and you could the the pagoda was still playing like my my face and, and that we'd won the race. And then, um, you know, we had a, a fun team lunch today and and all that. And, and you know how the racing is. We're back to business getting ready for Michigan. But I mean, these are memories that will never go away. They can never take it away from us. And um, just so special for sure to win at the Brickyard and all that tradition and be able to kiss the bricks. I mean, truly amazing. Yeah. You know, I guess what I want to know is, and, and we all know, you know, you came through the open wheel ranks. Indy is a place, if you are an open wheel driver, it is, it is hollowed ground. It is sacred. Um, and, 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 when I, when I talked to you in Victory Lane, I, I, I don't believe anything had sunk in at that point in time. And as Nate said, has it sunk in yet? But in your career, as you look at everything you've done, um, could you have ever imagined winning an Indy in a stock car like this? No. I mean, honestly, and even in the Brickyard 400s, I hadn't had a lot of races that I was really that close in. There was a couple of years there at uh at Richard Petty Motorsports where we had some fast race cars and, and I think I qualified up front like third at, at one of the brickyards but was never really in position to win those races uh and that's like Saturday during the Xfinity race I was like so frustrated and and mad at myself for how that race played out and just kind of how I mean just how it really played from the start of the race on because I thought maybe that was my best opportunity our best opportunity to win at the Brickyard was on Saturday. I'd never really imagined that on Sunday, you know, we'd be crossing the finish line in, in Collard Racing's seventh cup race ever to be winning at the Brickyard. I mean, it just, it, I mean, as I watch the pictures now, like it's still amazing to me. So all the men and women at Collard Racing, a lot of it, it a lot, for a lot of them, it was their first cup win. And, um, and just, what that place means to me. Like I, I like, it's just, I'm a part of history and, and call it racing. We're a part of history together. And uh, as I said, like that'll never go away. 
Well, I, I think it was a hugely popular win, AJ, and certainly I'm, I'm sure you've heard from fans already on social media, and fans, of course, want to talk to you uh, on this show as well. So we'll go to the phones and, and bring up our first caller here on NASCAR American Motor Mouse. You're on with AJ Allmendinger. All right, thank you, Nate. So, AJ, honestly, congratulations, Indianapolis. You were so incredible. So, me, I've been curious, and I'm pretty sure a lot of fans have been curious. Is there a possibility you're going to go to the Charlotte Roval later in the Cup Series? Yeah, I mean, that's that's honestly the plan. We, uh, we're we planning on racing the, the last road course race in the Cup Series at the Roval. You know, it would be a difficult challenge. I won't be qualifying there. So we'll have to start probably, you know, dead last for uh, for not racing any races up to that point. So, uh, but that is for sure the plan. At the end of the day, you know, our, our focus at College Racing is our three Xfinity cars and uh, getting them in, locked in the playoffs. Two of them already are, and Justin Haley's looking really good to be locked in the playoffs. And then really focusing on the playoffs and, and trying to win a championship in the Xfinity Series. But as of right now, the plan is to go to the Roval and, and race the Cup Series. All right, so AJ, you're a pretty humble guy. You don't talk a lot about yourself, but I'm going to put you in this awkward position, right? We talk about Larson winning everything. We hear AJ Foyt, Tony Stewart, all these crossover guys. Well, well, I know the hardcore race fan knows you and your journey, but some of these newer race fans that are hearing your name, I think it's worth pointing out, right? A Rolex win, a cart win, a cup win now in two different companies, Xfinity Series wins, everything you've driven from every different style of race car, you've gone to victory lane. How do you balance that? Like, you seem to just be happy running on Saturdays in the Xfinity Series. Just you have a resume of success in everything you've sat in. Yeah, I mean, Steve, it's one of those things that I've been very fortunate in my life to to have a lot of opportunities to drive different types of race cars that team owners and, and companies and sponsors, they want me to be in their race cars. And, you know, through all the ups and downs, like, it's – at the end of the day, it's cool to be able to say I've won five champ car races and I won a Rolex 24 and I've uh, won cup, two cup races now and Xfinity races. Like it's, I feel so lucky in life that I've had these opportunities to, to go win these races and be a part of so many different types of series. Um, you know, it's, I, I, it's, it's not anything that I look at like in the future, this has to happen. Like I'm just so living in the moment now. I spent my whole racing career as I'm sure, you know, like Kyle Petty could talk about, you're, you're so worried at times, like, okay, gosh, I want to keep a ride. Oh my, you know, am I going to be racing next year? Like, what's going to happen after this race? And sometimes, like, it's it's hard. So now, I just love living in the moment and having opportunities to drive race cars for college racing. And, um, you know, for however long that lasts for, like, I'm just truly enjoying it. So I, I, I love what I've been able to do in my career, and, and hopefully there's more to come. Well, your former team owner, Brad Doherty, on the screen right there, he's actually going to be joining us, and Michigan's going to be a blast. All right, so give me the bucket list. Uh, you've done all of those things. You have an event. I, I forget winning. An event you want to take part in. Is it like Rolex, Goodwood? You know, there's so many different things. The Indy 500 again. Do you have an event or, or a series that you kind of have out there that now you get into this point in your career you love to take a run at? Uh, it'd be awesome to go to Lamar. At some point, you know, that's the thing. If you're running full-time in NASCAR, you really can't do that. So, you know, over the next couple of years, if that's the plan, Lamar will have to be put on hold. But, uh, you know, Mike Schenk and, and Meyer Schenk Racing's talked about going back to Lamar. If that happens, I'd love to be a part of it. You know, it always stood out to me 
that, um, you know, my, my close, close friend and, and teammate, Justin Wilson, when he came and, and we became teammates, I asked him, you know, what, what's the coolest race he's ever done? Because he had run the Indy 500. He had, you know, run Monaco. Uh, he'd seen my races at, at, you know, he'd come to the Daytona 500 once. Like, he always said Le Mans, by far, coolest race ever. And that always stuck with me, like, and then when Mike Shank, when they went over and ran it a few years ago, he said the same thing. So definitely would be fun to go run Le Mans on a prototype and, and uh, see what it's all about. All right, I'm his PR guy. If you get the deal, I'm your PR guy. I'm going with you. We're going to make sure everything's all set. 20 all right, hours Steve. of Le Mans is this weekend, AJ, but uh, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you doing that in the future. Right now, you got other things to worry about running for full-time Xfinity Championship. And we have another caller who wants to ask you about that. I believe Brooklyn on the line to talk to AJ Allmendinger. Go ahead, Brooklyn. Well, AJ, I just want to start by congratulating you on your win at the Brickyard. That must have been pretty big, and you sure know how to celebrate there. Um, so I had two questions. I had one for you, AJ, and then I had one for the NBC guys, so I'll start with AJ. Um, it's obviously the first cup win for college racing. So what did it mean to you to get that win, given the fact that they're going full-time next year? What did it mean to you to get that first win for them? Yeah, Brooklyn, that's uh, – I mean, it, it's – I've been fortunate now – to be on a list that I've gotten two companies their first ever cup win. And that's really special to me because, um, you know, for a lot of the times, the, the first one means the most. Uh, you know, like when I was at, at JTG Doherty, they'd been trying for so long. And at that point, I'd been trying for a long time. So it was special because we were able to do that together. And now here at College Racing, you know, in only their seventh cup race ever, it's it's in a way it's unexpected, you know, on the road course races, we knew we could run well, but I mean, to go out there and win the race, especially to do it at such a historical place like Indianapolis. Um, I mean, it's, as I said, those are, it's just memories that will always last. And there's certain memories, certain wins and stuff that just means so much more than, than others. And I mean, it's to, to do it at Indy, to do it with college racing and Matt called Chris Rice, all the men and women, from uh, from college racing to give me this opportunity, like I never imagined in my wildest dreams after 2018, you know, as as I became a part of NBC and doing the broadcast, like this was my path that we were going to win in Indy. So um, it's still a little bit in shock, and and uh, and I'm in awe of it, and just very uh, very happy to be able to to be a part, a small part of college racing, and go do that. That's very cool, Brooklyn. You have another question for us. Yeah, so um, obviously going into Michigan this weekend, we have a lot of eyes on that playoff picture, most importantly that cutoff line. Now, we already know that the 11 of Denny Hamlin clinched his spot on points, so that leaves only two spots, and the biggest thing is that RCR battle. So who do you think gets in and who do you think gets out? Because based on the season that Kevin Harvick's having, do you see him getting into the playoffs? Like, who do you see taking up those final two spots? Let's get everybody's opinion. We'll get AJ as well, but we'll mm. start with you, KP. Mm. I, I, listen, I, I, I assume Kevin's going to make it. I just, what is he, 90-some points or, or something yeah, like that? It would take two I, I assume Kevin. Um, you know, I, I think the interesting thing is, is the intramural competition at Childress, and I keep calling it that because it's, the, they're just, it's those two guys fighting for one position. Um, and... and Dylan matched Reddick last week in stage one and in stage two and then the crash also. They matched each other. You know, it was just one of those things. 
it's tough. It's tough to sit at a table, you know what I mean, and tell, I know I'm having to race you, so I'm going to tell you my strategy. You know what I mean? <sighs> and, and how do I do that? How do, how do I beat you? So it's just, it's going to be tough. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be whichever, going into Daytona. Um, Daytona is such a wild card, man. Such a wild card. Uh, that I, I think this weekend is going to be a, a big, big test for both of them. I got Harvick and Raddick. I don't have, um, I think anybody could win at Daytona, but we had Kurt Busch. We had Eric Amarola, our man AJ. You know, we had three winners that I would say, you know, are longer odds, perhaps a little bit more unlikely. I don't think anyone had them the favorite going in, although AJ has so much experience with the road courses. We still probably all talk Larson yeah. and Chase and, you know. Yeah. So uh, odds would say that I still have Harvick and Reddick, but Daytona is going to be a pressure cooker for sure. Yeah, no question. All right, AJ, we'll put you back on the spot and put you back in the NBC Sports analyst role here for a minute. Who do, who do you like? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, Kevin's probably going to make it. it. It's. I'd be shocked if, if, you know, we get a surprise winner at Michigan. But that Daytona, at Daytona, we've seen it many a times. Anything can happen. If it's straight up on points, I think it's Kevin and Tyler, if, if that's what it comes down to. But, you know, that Daytona race, I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys holding their breath, especially right on the cutoff there. You know, Harvick probably locks himself in this week, and then – uh, it's game on at Daytona, but if it if it happens on points, I think it's it's definitely Kevin Harvick and Tyler Reddick. Yeah, I might agree with that. But Dylan's won at Daytona, so I'm gonna have to throw in a little bit of twist right there. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, so here's a, uh, one last question. You know, I look at, at at college racing. I look at how methodically they have built an Xfinity program and how methodically they have come into the Cup Series, and they have a plan, and they don't get out over the tips of their skis. They, they have a plan, and they work that plan. Seven races, you've had, what, four or five top tens, a couple of top fives, whatever, and a win. What are the expectations internally that you know of uh, going into next year, man? I mean, they have set the bar incredibly high for a new team. Well, uh, Chris Rice and I have tried to tell Matt Colleg, like, this doesn't happen every day, man. Like, you know, we're, we're picking the races we think we can be really good at. Uh, we're, we're trying to get them established that, Hey, like you go to Pocono and you finish 15th, that's going to be happy about that. Like, you know, those are days as a, as a rookie team that, you know, you're just trying to run top 15s. I mean, those are great days at a lot of places. Uh, so, you know, internally, I don't know if we've really set any goals for, uh, for old, you know, my son, Justin Haley right now. I mean, he's going to be, a true rookie when it really comes to, to you know, I feel like being at uh, a ride that's really capable of, of at least running kind of consistent mid-pack and hopefully up front when we get the car right. But, uh, yeah, I, to me, you, you just got to look at trying to be top 20 in points. Like, run well, if you're you, consistent. You've done a really crappy job. <laughs> if you, if well, you're I, trying to set the expectation low, you and Chris Rice are doing a really crappy job of showing your, your owner, Matt Collick, well, how it's I'm not supposed to work. That. Hey, welcome like, to the Xfinity yeah. Series. Let's win. Huh? Let's go cup racing. Yeah. Let's win. Yeah. Let's win. Good luck with that. I'll let you. Yeah. Should be great about race six. Let me know how that's going. Yes. <laughs> True. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry, Justin. I tried, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Congratulations, right. man. You need to apologize, man. man. Yeah, Thanks for joining us, AJ. Congratulations. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. So, listen, I, I pick on him, but but I think Matt Collig knows. Yes, I've met him knows. a few he times, knows. and he knows. he knows. 
And you don't want that to dampen what he is experiencing yeah, over yeah. the last few years. But his commitment, uh, both time, energy, effort, and financial, yeah. it's all there. And, yeah. and you said it right. It's methodical, which it's I methodical. think is the key. You yes. know, We've seen other teams come in, but I can't remember a team that took this patient of an approach. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how many years college has been racing, but it's Rick Hendry. 2015? Rick Hendry did back in yeah. the 80s. And that worked out pretty good. <laughs> and that worked out pretty good. But yeah, he yeah. did. He basically yeah. did. He had, a, he had a plan, and he worked his plan. And, and that's the way it, He's the last guy I remember it's, who's worked this way. It's methodical, but yet at the same time, there was a blitzkrieg to get those two charters, yeah. which caught oh, yeah. a lot of people yeah. by surprise and off guard. So I give them credit. Yeah. Where On one hand, they're building slowly, and I think they are being patient. But on the other hand, when, it seems like when Matt Hogg decides to do something, yeah. like, I want to race cup, I'm going to get two charters yeah. and go. Well, I think the difference is, is, is they're patient by planning, not by financial means. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah. they're not patient because they have to be. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Some teams, yes. if yes. Kyle and I start a team, we're going to be pretty patient because we lack the funding to just yeah. go ahead and buy two so charters. Just, that's right. But I, Matt Collick, I believe, day one had the – you know, the paper yeah. in the bank account to yeah. just go as crazy as he wanted to go, which I think makes it yeah. more impressive, right? Yeah. Is that, oh, it does. That he could have just bought his way in, but he's like, nah, yeah. I want to see if I can do this. I want to find a Chris Rice. And then I hear what Chris Rice is saying, but I'm going to give him a little bit more rope every year yeah. and see if see he, what he does. can run an organization the way I expect yeah. it to be run. Can he keep my financial partners up in the Northeast happy, my CPAs, my CFOs, you know, the, the stuff that isn't great to talk about on the show, yeah. but yeah. you know from owning a yeah. race team – if the CFO ain't happy, you're not going to be in business yeah, long. Exactly. So, like, those things that we don't talk about, yeah. the business of racing, they've done a really nice job. Uh, well, they, they have done a nice job. And they've done a nice job, just as, as AJ said, of picking races they right. knew they could have success in and presenting themselves in the best light. They didn't go somewhere where they were like, we're going to go there and run 25th. You know, just, we need to go learn. No, we don't need to go learn. We need to go run the best we can. And that's the position that they've taken and the strategy they've taken. And look, when you look at those numbers and seven races, I put their first seven cup races up against just about anybody's totally. first seven cup races yeah. uh, that's ever started a team. You know, that's ever started a team because it is impressive. Whatever Crystal Ball told them, you need a veteran driver, well, let's go get A.J. Allmendinger yeah. because there's going to be an expansion for road courses in the cup series. Whatever plan they saw coming together, they should continue yeah. down that one because yep. yeah. it was a great move. For sure. And, Clearly an up-and-coming team. Yep, We're going to see it sure. in the Cup Series next year. And on the other side of this break, we'll be talking to another new team owner in the Cup Series, BJ McLeod of Live Fast Racing Motorsports, will be joining us on NASCAR America. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We have another guest lined up here. We're joined by BJ McLeod of Live Fast Motorsports, and uh, BJ, you're a burgeoning team owner in the NASCAR series, both Cup and Xfinity. You've, you've fielded cars in all the series. Uh, give us a little bit of a, a background on, on who you are, where you came from, because I, I don't know if a lot of fans probably watching are, are fully up to speed on, on your, your full story. Well, I'll try to give you a 34-year uh, version in a couple of seconds. So, <laughs> First of all, uh, thanks for having me on. We, uh, you know, definitely, parents started me out racing before I can remember 
um, you know, grew up racing in Central Florida, went to stock cars at 13, went to NASCAR at 26, won a whole lot of races in between uh, stock car, you know, super late models and, and NASCAR, but haven't won any since I got to NASCAR. So uh, definitely been a, been a long road, but we, uh, you know, definitely like the team owner side. Got into that in 2010 when I was 26 and uh, started a truck team and uh, just kept working and build it up from uh, doing a part-time truck deal to to now, you know, owning part of a cup team. So it's been an awesome journey and, and a lot of fun stuff along the way. Okay, I, I want to go back to your, to your thing. And, and as you talk, you, you grew up racing and you grew up winning and you grew up winning everywhere you were. Um, then you get to NASCAR and it's a different game. How hard has it been to make that adjustment um, and to understand that part as a driver? As an owner, I know you understand that part of it. But as a driver, how hard is it to take that step back and say, man, this is a little bit, this is a tough one uh, to take a little bit? You know, it, being somebody that has always wanted to win, no matter what I was doing, it's been extremely difficult to accept that side. You know, I had 300 go-kart wins, uh, over 100 Super Late Model wins, uh, around 20, 22 championships. And then I get to NASCAR, and my best finish, I think, to date is 11th. I really I think that that's actually the best I've done. And it's hard to, to accept it, but, you know, I just am that kind of person that always want to push and, and be better and, and work harder and just try to reach things that I'm not supposed to reach. And, you know, being here and not winning is tough, but I still believe that I can uh, win an Xfinity race one day. And, and uh, you never know in a cup car at a speedway, man. We've seen every, everything happen at those places. So, you know, I'm just going to work hard as a driver and see if I can't make something cool happen before I uh, have to retire and, and just, you know, I guess the part that keeps me going is no matter what I'm driving every week, I just try to make it three or five spots better than I feel like it is, you know, vehicle wise. And I feel like if I've done that, the people of the sport, you, you know, everybody that's paved the way for all of us to be here, they know you guys have all drove, you, you know, you know what it takes to, to be successful. And it, if you're in a car that can win, or if you're in a car that can run 25th, it's still how much effort the driver puts in to be the best that he can be for the team that he's working for. So that's the part that uh, I've always, you know, took pride in and, and tried to make the most of what I had situational wise. BJ, I, you know, I, I think it was maybe a couple of years ago. You know, it was definitely a couple of years ago because pre pandemic, you and I got to uh, spend some time in a flight sitting next to one another. It was fascinating to get to know you a little bit better, understand your background. Um, Tell me, I, I want to talk about this balance. First of all, as an owner, I see you show up at a super late model track with Eric Jones in the car, right? <laughs> at, at what point do you, like, do you have enough NASCAR? Because I do understand the financial battle. And you say, enough is enough. Let's go race for a trophy. Like, is that just what that is? Is that you saying, you know what? I, I need a little winning back in my blood. Let's go somewhere where I know we have the equipment that can go to victory lane. That's absolutely it. We, uh, you know, like I said, I haven't been able to win an owner or win a race as an owner or a driver in, in 10 years. And it's, uh, you know, we had the chance to put that deal together with Travis Braden at the end of last year. And I was like, first race, we're getting a cup driver that loves racing and we're going to go try to win. And Travis said, you are a cup driver. And I said, I want, I want to take, you know, somebody that I've enjoyed working with. And I worked with Eric 10 years ago at New Smyrna Speedway. So it was, you know, just a fun deal to take him down there and give him a shot to win down there. And, and we definitely did in the first night. We were off, you know, chassis-wise, and and uh, best we were going to run was around fifth. But second night, we had a shot. We just got uh, got too far back track position-wise and didn't get any cautions. So it was uh, definitely what that was about was trying to go get some trophies because, 
we, you know, where Matt Tift and I are with the with Live Fast and the Cup team and where my wife and I are with, you know, BGMM and Xfinity Series, we still have years to the winner's circle. I mean, it's uh, – I don't sugarcoat that. I know it's reality. And I want to win some races. So super late model-wise, don't get me wrong, it's some of the toughest races in the country. I don't believe it's any easier to win one of those races than it is a cup race. But it's uh, easier for me to attain the right equipment to be able to – to race up front at, at that level and that's why uh, we've definitely circled back and started back to what got me where i'm at and, and what i truly enjoy too so it's funny because i'm gonna take that answer and move it forward I, it, it amazes me it's quite remarkable how you can stay so true to your plan and the reason i said that is i'm confident that you you raise a tremendous amount of finances to run the full xfinity series and to run cup we we all know yeah. how much money that takes you know, you could perhaps bundle that up and go try to cherry pick and pick a Gibbs car, or a JRM car, or somebody with one or two races open, you know, which we have seen, right? We have seen Ryan Priest and other guys try to do that. But yeah, you don't. You stick to the plan that you, your wife, your business partners have laid out. That has to take a tremendous amount of kind of uh, stubbornness and belief in what you're doing because I, I'm with you. You know, at some point you'd want to go try another thing, but you don't. You stick to the plan you've laid out. Yeah, we, you know, we just. I'm just that guy. I'll be here as long as I got a heartbeat trying to get more successful. And it's um, definitely not against that scenario. I was I was proud of Ryan when he did that. Ross Chastain and, you know, it, there's there's a couple more of them. And uh, I definitely like that path. And and one day I may still do that. I, I'm not taking that off the table, but I just wanted to take every bit of financial backing that I had right now to build my team as an owner with my wife and and with Matt and try to make our stuff successful and if I start to run out of time uh, you might see me do something like that and try to get a victory before I have to retire but it uh it's definitely not not something I'm thinking about right now I I want to push and see what we can pull off as you know as the driver owner it'd be cool to win in my own car now, I will say stubborn from a guy from Maine is a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Man, everybody yeah. looks at me crazy. Like, I, you know, that's a compliment for me if you're stubborn. Yeah. That's how I that, consider that, myself. Yeah. So let, let, me, let me ask you this. So, you know, I, and I have this conversation with my dad all the time about Richard Petty Motorsports. If you take four Gibbs cars and four Hendrick cars, the next thing you know, it's a huge accomplishment to run 22nd or 23rd um, and, and for the rest of the, the, the cars out there. You talk about your best finish has been 11th. Don't belittle that 11th, man. Uh-uh. You, everybody had a shot when they threw the green flag, and that's the way it is. That, that's tough. For you guys, on any given Saturday or any given Sunday, what is a solid run for you guys? What, what do you leave the racetrack saying? As you said a minute ago, and it was well said, the best I do is try to make this car four or five positions better than what I believe it is. And people in the industry do see that. What is a good Saturday or Sunday for you guys? Well, I appreciate you saying all that, Kyle. And it uh, right now, you know, Matt and I, when we when we started the cup deal, we said top 30s. And, you know, it, it's it's crazy that we, we started this deal and we went on this journey and it's all wild. Right. Like you guys know, you've been you've been here watching and, and talk to me. And it's uh, you know, we've definitely if you asked me in November, I'd be like, I'd be really happy with, you know, five five to 10 top thirties and just be, be around there. You know, some things happen, you get 31st, 32nd is what it is. But, you know, I think we've got 13 top thirties now, something like that. And I'm just very thankful that we've been able to get started on the path that we're on. And, and I know like top thirties, not what most people think of when they watch the sport, but to what you said, you know, there's cars that race 20th every now and then that can win before the end of the year. 
you know, like that's how tough this sport is. And, you know, right now a win for us is a top 30 and, you know, Matt and I want to really speed up and, and get to that 25th mark very quick is, is what we're, we're trying to pull off for even we're hoping maybe next year. And, uh, once we get there, it'll it'll be a little bit of a, a hard road to get to the top 20. But I believe once you get to the top 20, the right scenario happens and you can win a race. I mean, it just you just need to think, things to play out your way because you see it all the time with strategy and different things that go on in this sport and how competitive the Cup Series is. So right now, that's the initial goal, and, and that's what we consider a victory. Well, speaking of results, BJ, you got a 10th in your B.J. McLeod Motorsports car in the Xfinity race this past Saturday at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Andy Lally driving that car finishes 10th. What did that mean to you? I mean, I know it's not Live Fast Motorsports, it's not Cup, but still an accomplishment certainly to have one of your cars finish top 10 in Xfinity. Well, it's huge. It's really big for me because of my guys. I'm, my guys on, on the Xfinity side have worked the job of two or three people each. You know, they've they've done so much over the last five, six years that you know, it's just they, they show as much determination as I have to to be able to, to still be going here. And for them to get a top 10, that is a win for us. Like that's that's our first top 10 on the road course. We've had a couple on other tracks and and we cherish them because they're hard to come by. I mean, it, it's just we we had to take a slow road building, building our programs because of the financial backing I had to start with. And I'm fine with that. And, you know, when you get these these glimpses of, of what you're headed for and what you've been working for, like, you know, Andy got us on Saturday. It's, it's a huge relief and a big, you know, it just, it just moves the momentum your way to, to help all your people re-energize, re-energize and, and start moving towards trying to be more consistent at that. All right. Well, man, listen, you, you're good about answering our questions. How about a little self-promotion, right? I know you have a lot of partners. If somebody out there wants to jump on board, you have a website. What's the best way to go out and support you and your different race teams? Just check out all our social media platforms, and we appreciate all our partners. And we got King Parts on the on the car this weekend at, at Michigan. I'm excited. I love driving for those guys, and just uh, appreciate all the help we've had and and all the help we might get. And thanks for all the support from you guys. Like you guys getting us on here and and sharing our story and different things like that. We really appreciate it. So thanks for that, and thanks for the conversations off TV too. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank well, you, man. Yeah, Thank we appreciate you. you joining us and, yeah. and telling your story. Uh, thanks for being here, BJ, and good yeah. luck this weekend. Yeah, good luck, man. Thank you, guys. So here you go. You want to know what it's like? If you take Hendrick, Full Penske, Gibbs, SHR, 2311, Chip Ganassi, RCR Trackhouse, and JTG, I consider them all fully funded. Yeah. That's 24 cars. 24 cars. So when somebody says, oh, I'm going to go run top 25, well, what fully funded <laughs> car are you going to outrun? Yeah, Because exactly. remember, I didn't put Roush Fenway on there, That's so right. I could get you to 25, 26. That's right. Like, like when he says and top 30s, thing. right, for him to run top 30, you are running on the heels of these guys. If you start yeah. running top 27, you're racing against guys with multiplier of your yeah. budget. Not, yeah. not double. I'm talking three, four, five, six times the budget he's yeah. racing on. Yeah, and that, that, that is the part that is so hard for fans to, to wrap their heads around. They, they see two football teams playing, and they know both football teams are playing to win this game. Uh, and that's the way it is. When you watch racing, there's different business models, and there's different different people are, are looking for different goals. We, we talk colleague racing. They're building something. We just talked to BJ. He's trying to build something. you know. And they're building them at different paces, just as, you, as we're... If we, Drive down the street here, and we see six businesses open up. They're going to they're gonna flourish and build at different paces. It is fascinating to me that we have a sport where B.J. McLeod 
and what's it? What's the name? Live Live Fast Motorsports. Live Fast Motorsports yeah. can compete <laughs> on the same field. Yeah, with Rick Hendrick and Kyle Larson can compete on the same field with Joe Gibbs and Denny Hamlin. Um, that says a lot for the sport. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. The opportunity to drag a car to the racetrack, no matter how much people want to slam charters and slam the way the sport is, there's still that open door uh, to come in and, and have an opportunity to race. Well, I feel he's the lifeblood of the Xfinity Series, teams like him. Yes. It's great that Gibbs is there, and it's great, you know, Junior Motorsports is there. I don't want to knock those full efforts because that's what the fans cheer yeah. for. But, you know, if you only brought those, you're seeing like 12 or 13 cars. It's not a great race. Yeah. But to see him, like Stephen Parsons, I'm good friends with Phil. Oh, yeah. I see the opportunity that Stephen has to get in and drive his car. And what I love about BJ is he knows where that car should run. That's right. So when Stephen right. comes in and runs, you know, wherever it may be, um, 17th, yeah. pick a number, right? He'll tell him, man, great job, because we were missing that set of tires. We put yeah. scuffs on. Like, he gets it. Listen. So not only is he building, but he still evaluates. Don't think he just says, oh, it was a good day. No, like he has real metrics he's evaluating. Yeah. You, know, you know, there's nothing better, and we've all seen it. And, and you've seen it, too. Then, then walking down through the garage area after an Xfinity race or something, and this guy's happy because he won, and this guy's mad because he runs second, and this guy's mad because yeah. he was in a wreck. And then you get all the way down here, and these curve. guys are celebrating There's like, a curve. There's like, a curve. like, like they yeah. just won the Daytona yeah. 500. Yeah. You know? And it's like, yep. how does that work? 10th. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's yeah. just where they are. Yeah. Just where they are. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, well, a great story, and yeah. I'm glad we got to go outside yes. the normal that was bit. good. Find out that story in NASCAR. We'll go outside NASCAR for our next story. Bring on Will Power, the most recent IndyCar winner, next after the break. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's nobody better on this track in an IndyCar. Will Power wins! Hey, man. Way to go. Finally! Finally! Today, he's going to win at the historic Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Cindric gets the win. Very impressed. Uh, it was a big Saturday for Team Penske at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, partially because of this man joining us now, Will Power. Breaks through, wins his first IndyCar race in more than 10 months. Will, I know we talked to you after the race. What a relief it was. How's it feel a few days later to, to have that sink in, that first win of 2021? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is a huge relief for me, obviously. It's a, it's a very, very, very competitive season this year. And, um, as you know, there's been nine different winners from 12 races. So no one's really stood out massively as far as race wins. But it was just awesome to to get a, get, get a race win this year and um, – get a race win in the 5g car which which i hadn't done before so yeah uh obviously come down off the high but just really these days if you get a win in indycar it just feels bloody awesome hey well so steve latardi i i was there i got to see it first of all the doubleheader weekend was spectacular because it's some nascar guys like ourselves got to see you guys not just on television but firsthand at the racetrack I guess my question to you is, I think I understand on the cup side kind of what makes, 
you know, a driver fit a certain track. But you and this Indy Road Course, it's unbelievable. I mean, your numbers are outstanding. It can't be the car. Right? Is there something about the track, the lines? You just have confidence there. What do you think it is about you and that road course that just seem to mesh? Um, yeah, I, it's quite a technical track. Uh, and it was, I guess you could say a high grip track. But um, And you can run the car very, very free. It's certainly a driving style that I like. Um, you know, I like the car. I don't like any push at all. But, um, yeah, that's really, I guess, man, some, some tracks just click with people. Some tracks, and you, you can't put your finger on why, but um, I have to work at it. Like, I struggled in May at that track, and I came back and um, was really competitive again. So, you know, I did a lot of ho- homework before that race, and... Uh, um, had a look at why I struggled and, and came and made those improvements. So it, it, it's, I'm trying to say is it's not, it doesn't always suit me. I have to put the work in to do it. But, um, yeah, certainly had a, a lot of good results there, a lot of strong results. Well, the work's paying off. And yeah. if you don't like any push, you, you're not a stock car guy. <laughs> Stay in, don't let Team Penske talk you into that full-body car if you don't like that thing to be just a little tight. Yeah, those yeah. things just those are tight. <laughs> yeah. So here's, yeah. My, here's my thing. I, I, I watched – I've loved the IndyCar season this year. I have loved to watch it. But you talk about nine different winners. We go to the cup side. We have had 14 different winners. What in God's name is going on in motorsports this year? Kevin Harvick hadn't won yet. You hadn't won yet until we got to this point. Denny Hamlin hadn't won yet. Is it just a a change of the guard in in IndyCar racing and uh, motorsports in general as we look at it? Well, I would say in IndyCar, it's definitely – all these young guys coming in um also the the parity between the cars and also the teams um they're they're all the teams seem to um be be running at a very high level now and, you know before you had Penske and Ganassi with standouts and Andretti but now you know really any team in the pit lane can win and uh um and and when you've had the same car for a long time as well Everyone works out all the little details that matter to make that car fast. So I think it's all those things added together um, that has has created that. I mean, I don't know about NASCAR, but I'm sure that, you know, all the teams know all the little tricks and everything you need to do to make those cars win as well, and that's why there's so many different winners. Well, I don't want to put the pressure on you here, Will, but I see over your left shoulder there you've got a trophy that looks an awful lot like the Gateway Arch. And uh, I know that Saturday <laughs> night at 8 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN, you guys are, are headed to Worldwide Technology Raceway, formerly known as Gateway, near St. Louis. Your teammate Joseph Newgarden won there a year ago. Uh, it seems like Team Penske is, is out of its, its slump a little bit the last couple of weeks. How do you, how do you like your chances heading into uh, Gateway this Saturday? Uh, pretty good. Um, you know, as far as being competitive, I mean, winning's one thing. You know, being competitive and winning's another thing. But um, I led a lot of laps there last year. Um, got, you know, just it, it, it. That track's all about the pit stop sequences. It's very difficult to pass, so track position means a lot. And um, um, you know, it's it's, it's going to come down to the strategist calling that perfect time to pit, where you're not getting held up by someone on your in-lap and you're not getting held up by someone on your out-lap. So it's uh, – and, you know, who knows when a yellow falls and all that sort of thing. But I think as far as being fast and competitive, I I feel like we'll be, we'll be pretty good. Although these days you cannot predict, 
you know, where you may struggle because you can be winning one week and or one year at a track and then come back and be 20th the next next year. So it's uh, you gotta got to be on your toes, not much track time, and you got to be very efficient with your changes and know the direction you got to go with the car setup. Listen, as as we as we're talking to you, we've got some graphics, some things on the bottom of the stay on of the screen there, um, and it, it just reminded me you passed Al Hunter Senior um, wins. How big mm. is that a moment? I mean, a, an icon of the sport. I mean, we over here it's it's Pearson and Patty and Earnhardt and guys like that, and we've watched Jimmy Johnson climb through them. We watched Jeff Gordon climb up through those guys. How important is that to you as a driver? It's it's it is important like it's just amazing um i would never have dreamed of seeing my name amongst names like alonzo senior or michael andretti um you know people like this or mario andretti and aj Foy in the poll uh in in, in number of polls so uh yeah just you know anyone who says they don't look at it you do you do you are, you are aware of where you stand um for, for me anyway and it's just really um something that's just unbelievable it's a a real like a a, i feel like an amazing accomplishment to be up there um with names like that because these guys were my absolute heroes as uh, heroes as a kid and like i said i just i never when i came to the u.s i never would have dreamed that i uh, you know have 40 wins in indycar it just blows my mind that that happened but you know i can only thank the team that I drive for. I mean, you know, Roger gave me that chance, and and uh, you know, it's really just I've had a fantastic career for that reason. I'm given a car week in, week out that has a chance to win. Hey, Will, uh, I just want to let you know. First of all, thanks for coming on. Thank Not you. a question, but a statement. I was able to go to the Indy 500 for the first time this year for both qualifying and the race. And I'm going to tell you, I've been racing for for my entire life, all 42 years. And that lap you put together when it was all on the line for the Indianapolis 500 is perhaps the most pressure-packed clutch moment racing I or driving I have seen ever. So I'm thankful it worked yeah. out. I'm glad you're in the yeah. show. But I wanted to tip my hat to you to say I know what was on the line there unbelievable work and it was uh it was awesome to watch yeah that was uh it's exactly how you described it it was so (laughs) nerve-wracking for me because you know you have to trim some you have to trim probably more you're not sure you know do i how much do i have to take off this car to to make it through and you know i took a little bit too much off and um and i was hanging on on that last lap man i i couldn't get wheel into the car so loose so when I turned into turn two, I, I I couldn't commit to turn a little bit over the tire. So, um, you know, I just I started floating wide and sliding out to the wall, but I couldn't lift. I couldn't lift. Know. It was That's... over if I lifted. Like, you know, I, I it was nuts that I hit that. Like as hard as I hit that, I felt that, and I'm like, the worst thing was having to go into turn three and four wide open. That was, to me, the <laughs> toughest thing about that. I was just like, as I turned into three, I just held my breath and just hoped yeah. that it hadn't broken a tie rod or, or something yeah. breaks. But, yeah, yeah, that was man. that was Good the job, most man. pressure I've ever had. <laughs> it was unreal. Good thanks job, for calling man. in, Good man. Congratulations. You, man. Wonderful performance. And uh, thanks again for joining Thank us. You. Well, we appreciate it, man. Excellent. Thank yeah. you for having me on. Appreciate it.
For the fans that haven't seen it, YouTube it. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, you, it is. It was an incredible moment. All right, really quick. Michigan picks. Who we got? Larson. Simple. Easy. Alex Bowman. Larson. I'll be boring. I'm going to, I'm going to Alex Bowman. Come on, Hendrick people. all the way around. Yeah, Hendrick That's all, all we around. got. Thanks for watching NASCAR America Motormouths. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.